If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come on, come on. You are listening to the Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Yo, man. What's good, bro? Nothing much, Joel. Nothing much. You hungry? Uh, no. It's it's a little late for dinner. <laughs> it's, it's it's getting closer to to don't eat. It's bedtime. But in- I don't know about you, man. But if I know this is not where you were taking it, but if I eat later, if you think about the food that you eat after dinner, generally it's all stuff that you probably shouldn't eat in the first place. Yeah, no, that's why you know I don't eat after seven. Um, oh, that's good. I wish I had that discipline. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, why did you want to go out for food, Darnell? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, depends. It depends on uh, where we go and who's paying. <laughs> because, yeah. uh, right, we're, we're talking about tipping and uh, dealing with the tip. Uh, so let me ask you just off the bat, um, do you tip and why? Why or why not? Um, in in general, yeah, I'm a pretty I'm a I'm a weird tipper in that um, I always tip the number that will make my bill round. Okay, okay, so if it's like thirty seven, well, no, if it's like thirty seven dollars and sixty three cents, I got I'll, I'll make it. You know, okay, roughly you know fifteen percent is kind of my rent my my rough number. So you take whatever the tax is because we're in Ontario and thirteen percent. The number's got to be higher than 13%, assuming I have good service. But then I'm trying to make it so that the dollars is like zero, zero. Okay. Uh, for me, I, I tip. I tip regularly, but I think I tip because I'm old now. I'm, you know, I work. <laughs> no, I, I work. I'm older now. But in my younger days, uh, when I, I didn't tip. And it's funny because... My girlfriend back in the day, not Tyra, um, but other young lady, uh, she was a, a waitress. <laughs> so when, when we would go out, you know, I wouldn't tip. And, you know, she would give me a lecture about tipping and how, you know, what if somebody didn't tip me? And, you know, because, you know, I'm like, okay, well, because I don't want anybody, you know, not tipping her, then I'll tip. And then so I just got into the habit of it. Um, and because I work and I don't really, as I've gotten old, I don't really think about not, I don't think about tipping because now I have more money because I'm older. But doing this um, study and doing um, this research on this report on tipping, it's definitely made me reconsider um, tipping. And uh, hopefully by the epi- this episode, I can, can, you know, we can kind of start a movement and where we stop tipping <laughs> unless it's necessary. Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, found digging into this. I mean, for the listener, hopefully, you know, some of them are like, why are we talking about tipping? Um, but but I think for the listener, um, you know, what we're trying to convey is that, you know, we've learned things while digging in here that maybe just make us rethink, is tipping achie- achieving what I really, my objective was? Right. Uh, now, part of the background for why... Um, we're going to do episode. So I'm planning to go to 
Europe next month. Uh, plan to go to England, and you know, you do your research on going to the, um, you know, on your for when you go there, and they're talking about not tipping, and their rules on tipping, and I was just like, oh, wait a minute, so wait, they don't expect tips, but we do, and so I was like, okay. Let's kind of look into that. So I thought it'd be a pretty cool episode. And the National Post did a really good article on tipping um, that was pretty thought-provoking. Um, so. And and it has a great, great headline. What's it? A <laughs> uh, 100,000 year, 100,000 a year waitress isn't a myth. Some hard truths about tipping in Canada. So for the listener, uh, this is the direction we'll be going. We'll be talking about uh, just tipping in other countries and what that looks like. Uh, rethinking tipping and t- looking at a TED Talk by by Bruce McAdams at the University of Guelph. And then we'll be talking about mandatory tipping in Canada and then how tipping promotes discrimination. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Let's save the best for last. The audience doesn't know, but you spent some time in oh. Australia and... And tell us about that and, and the tipping there. Yeah, I remember um, that was probably, well, technically. So I went after university, the summer of u- between university and, and, let's say, starting to work. I uh, basically did a grad trip with a buddy of mine to Australia for three months. Basically had no money. It was If they had to check my bank balance, I would have got my visa rejected, but they never checked it, so I didn't get rejected. Uh, anyways, so I basically went on a working holiday. And, and so I got a really good exposure to just, you know, both sides of it, right? Both working in another country, but also spending money in another country. Um, so a country back then, uh, I went to uh, basically Brisbane uh, and then down the Gold Coast a bit. And then I also did a little bit of traveling around. Anyways, all that to say, I was working in uh, Surfer's Paradise at a bar picking up glasses and... You know, I was making, I want to say like 20 bucks an hour there now at, you know, that would have Not been... Not counting tips? No. I, well, I was picking up glasses, so, and I was at a bar. So, I mean, maybe the, the, the norm in Australia is not to not tip, but it's, you know, you can tip. So, tips are more of like a rarity and, and you're showing appreciation as opposed to expected. Um, what I found, you know... My experience there, what was interesting was really just recognizing, oh, you know, the way we do things in Canada isn't the way it's done everywhere. You know, really, this was my first trip as an adult, you know, across the world and experience everything, let's say, with my own level of responsibilities and my own budget. Um, And so just taking all that in, it was, at least for me, you know, most of our norms in Canada, you just presume they're the norms across the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, as you're kind of digging into what's it going to be like in Europe, what do I need to prepare for? How much do I need to budget? You're kind of realizing, wait, I don't, you know, this is not, you know, this normality in Canada isn't the norm elsewhere. Yeah, no, totally. So like in England, uh, they tell you to err on the side of uh, modesty. So five to 10% tip um, they would encourage, right? But for us... Um, it's 15 and up, right? 15 to 18 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in some cases, uh, if you're happy with your service, um, it's nice to leave one pound 
or uh, two pounds per person if you're in a party. One pound is a dollar seventy-two Canadian, and two pounds is three dollars and forty-three cents Canadian. As opposed to you know, like if it's um, if you go out to eat and it's uh, six or more people, um, they would definitely leave um, a group tip. Mm-hmm. on the table a mandatory tip of 18 percent, i think yeah th- i mean that's you know when you're with large tables and they kind of justify you know based on different things yeah and maybe we'll get into that but you know what what i i started to bring up how much money i made when so i was made i think minimum wage basically or or something like that in australia and it's hard to compare right because like cost of living is different but i was minimum wage here was like eight eight dollars at the time this is like 2008 when i went on my trip and there it was like I was paying, getting paid 20 and I always jo- I said to people I was more like I was making like 12 to 15 though based on cost of living adjustment and and one of the things I would attribute the higher you know wage was because there was no tipping right and and we do see that when we were digging into the research right like you're talking about in Europe um, or in you know the yeah in, I guess in Europe yeah uh, basically they found, you know, if you compare wages that, that generally because you don't have tipping, the, the base wage is higher um, mm-hmm. because you're paying for it through your food directly. But the, the owner gets to decide a little bit more where that money's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I would presume in Canada you have to price it thinking, OK, if people want to spend $50, well, how much of that's going to go to tip? How much of that's going to go to tax? How much of that's going to come to me? It's funny, I you know I have relatives who came from the UK and visited us this this past summer, and we went out to dinner, and they were shocked and appalled and also offended when they saw the bill and that you know they were expecting us to uh, pay a group uh, tip. Right? They were like, "Okay, so why is this on my bill?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I have another I have another friend um, who who moved to uh, moved to Toronto from England. And yeah, she she was saying the same thing. She was just, she was really angry about the fact that we're innocent. She's like, yeah, you're being forced to tip. You should be tipping people for doing something. And essentially in Canada, you know, we're tipping people for doing their job. Yeah, yeah, it's not voluntary almost. Right. Yeah, because, you know, they haven't done anything for you for to be a courtesy. Or even if they, like, if they provide adequate normal service, you're tipping them for doing their job. Right. As opposed to tipping them for going above and beyond. Yeah. No, no, totally. And and that, and, and it kind of got me thinking. I was like, wow. So you like most of the people I meet from the UK are generally saying the same thing. Um, now, there we look. We also. Yeah. So in the TED talk, uh, he gives us a lot of good insights into the restaurant industry in Canada. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this guy being uh, an experienced veteran, it sounds like a, a entrep- or a restaurantpreneur. Is that what they call it? Um, I think th- I think there's a little pun there between restaurant and entrepreneur that, that does get thrown around. But anyways, um, I think, I, I mean, I would say for the listener, check out his talk. Uh, you might, I, I definitely didn't necessarily agree with everything. I think there's a few economic fallacies that, uh, he threw around. Yeah. Well, focus um, on the, on the things that you did agree with. Um, so, well, and, and I would say I agreed with everything he said. It was just some of the, the economic 
lines he drew trying to connect things that I would take issues with. Um, so, and I can, I can get into that. So, um, what I found was useful was he started, um, just kind of, um, challenging our presuppositions to why we tip. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes. and his challenge was, you know, that w- how much you tip is gen- starts to become more of a characteristic of you as opposed to, okay, you know, having a large variability in your tip based on the variability in your service quality. Yes, right. Right? And I thought when he said that, I was like, oh, damn. I like, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because <laughs> for the most part, you know, I'm I'm very unlikely to give a bad tip partly because I have a family member who makes, you know, money through tips. And so there's an aspect of like, okay, I know this is part of how you, you get paid. Right. And so I got to, you know, is it part of me is like, okay, maybe it wasn't really their fault. Maybe it's more of like the cook too, too long or blah, 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 blah. You know, I almost start justifying, uh, maybe I shouldn't shortchange the tip. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his, his, you know, again, he just spoke about it in such a way to go, okay, yeah, you know what? You're probably right that like, my objective from tipping, I don't actually do, which is to reward good service, to penalize bad service, and and to tip accordingly. Um, and th- uh, the other thing that I thought uh, that was really, really valuable was um, right after, I think, the worst sentence he made, <laughs> or, or in that segment where he made the worst economic sentence. So he made this claim, and I think maybe it was he was t- throwing around a buzzword, although this talk is from 2012, so it was almost pre, pre the culture we're in today. But he said there's an inequality of distribution of wages, and he was talking about between front of the line staff and and non front of the line staff, and for the most the part, chefs when he versus said waiters. Yeah, I was gonna say when he was, he focused on cooks and chefs when he was talking about non front of the line. Um, I don't think he would really make the same sort of claims towards like the guy in the dish pit um, because for the most part they're just laborers they don't have a high skill so anyways his his claim about inequality of the distribution of wages was followed by a really good assessment regarding value creation and that's why I'm like so I'll reword the inequality statement when I'm done here just talking about the value stuff so he talked uh, or sorry i'll reword it in the way that i think he could have said it and and properly uh expounded his actual point um so he talked about really the 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 non-front of the, the chef being undervalued because he started looking at value creation for the customer and he really said they're probably about equal between the the cook's work and the work of the server both play a vital role in the the value the customer receives and so what he's but he did identify that generally cooks make two to three times less than servers now obviously we're not talking about celebrity chefs we're not talking about like prestigious restaurants we're talking jack astors yeah exactly you're you know run-of-the-mill you know middle class low-class restaurant that's above fast food Yes, so. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where Swiss Chalet fits in there, but I hear you. Ah! <laughs> I 
That's for another episode. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's the after church. Uh, everybody yeah, goes after swish. <laughs> Anyways, uh, like you said, another episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, nah, man, you got to order the whole chicken and cut it up. Anyways. But I'm pumped. So anyways, the point is that he's re- identifying that, you know, servers make anywhere from 10 to $30 an hour uh, in tips alone, which so he says 20 to $40 an hour. And a, and a cook who has to do a lot of work to acquire their skill, um, he he says, you know, he identifies that basically within two years, they're still only making like fourteen fifty an hour. Now, this was back in 2012. So, you know, minimum wage might have been $10. We're talking minimum wage is $10. Bucks. Uh, $13 an hour was a starting c- per a cook. Two years later, they're making about fourteen fifteen or fourteen fifty fifteen bucks. Now, what he also said that what I thought was really valuable is he pointed out because of minimum wage and other costs, about 65% of the, the, spend, the wage spending is already fixed. And he really only has, the, the, the owner or the entrepreneur really only has about 35% to distribute with control, meaning above minimum wage. Um, and so the, I think what he's trying to get at was, you know, if we removed the the tipping component and gave the control of that money back to the owner, we would see a better distribution of wages based on value. So he's almost saying that the the industry, meaning the entrepreneurs, the the businesses in the industry, are handicapped with respect to their ability to reward um, their employees because of this culture of tipping. And that's where I thought this TED Talk had so much meat and value. Um, so going back to the statement of inequality of distribution of wages, the proper statement is that the there is a un, uh, the distribution of wages doesn't reflect the distribution of value creation. You know, if you look at po- past podcasts, um, I, I've always keep coming back to this idea of prices reflect value. I think the TED Talk has some meat. It has some bones. You got to eat the chicken, spit out the bones and, and, and know that, you know, this guy's not an economist, but he actually has a lot of information that I think can allow you to start to to rethink or even just understand the landscape that tipping creates better. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that stuck out for me was when he mentioned that, you know, for those who spend a lot of money at a restaurant, it seems like you're uh, being punished for spending more because, you know, mm. you know, basic math, you know, the higher Port- your bill, um, the higher the tip um, you're go- you're going to give. And he just said, you're going to charge people more for service when they spend more in your restaurant. Yeah. Like and that. he gave the really good example of like, Essentially, two people ordering bottles of wine. One yeah. orders a fifty-dollar bottle. One orders a hundred-dollar bottle. Right. Essentially, they have the exact same experience. Right. And 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 and, and it costs you more. Yeah. And and that and that kind of uh, baked my biscuits. In that you know when I you know Tyra and I go out to eat on dates, and we like good food and we like nice restaurants, and you know sometimes our bill can get uh, pretty high. And yeah, why am I being penalized, you know, for 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 blessing <laughs> your establishment? 
um, with my money. Right. So um, it, it has definitely got me thinking and I'm going to definitely be a lot more aggressive when I come to my table and just be up front with my my waiter and be like, OK, well. Um, I don't plan to tip unless you fill in the blank. Like if you as a waiter can come to me and say, OK, you know, I'm giving you the ultimatum, like for you to get this extra 15 percent, what are you going to do for me? Are you going to mm-hmm. are you going to bless me with an extra dessert? Um, when I, when I'm done my steak and mashed potatoes, when I ask you to pack it up, when I'm taking it home, are you going to re up on my mashed potatoes? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and throw a, a couple more asparagus in there or whatever the case may be. Um, but again, like, I think we have to get back, um, to people earning their keep. And as Canadians, it seems like we're giving away money just because we're nice. And that makes no sense. Yeah, I think the one of the last words you said was incentives, and I thought walking away from that TED talk, um, I th- I definitely have the perspective now that incentives within this industry are skewed in such a way that it hinders the industry, um, and and so and I, and he made that contrast too. He talked about entrepreneurs from UK or Europe in the restaurant business coming over here and and the landscape being so different um, that it, it almost makes the way that they have to do business different uh, because of the tipping aspect. And in essence, he goes back to, we almost are forced to underpay cooks and chefs because we just don't have the resources. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, we've already touched a little bit on the, the idea of mandatory tipping, right? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I think if I was, Let's say I had the money and I was bringing my whole family out to to pay. You know, chances are, unless I'm one of those weird people who spends money I don't have and just wants to show off to my friends, I generally would expect to tip really well when I have that big of a group. I know I'm causing an inconvenience. So I would expect, like, the thing about the mandatory tipping is a lot of times they don't necessarily tell you. And, and, and so the person might on top tip, of tip again. Yeah, right. I've so seen that happen. Like, I've seen oh. that happen. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, I think I remember a, a girlfriend I dated a long time ago telling me a story about her dad having that kind of like they didn't understand why they were getting such like like the restaurant. Everyone was thanking them, and like you know they were just getting like like all this love, and they didn't know why until they looked at the bill like later and realized they tipped them twice. Yeah. No. 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 Um. Yeah, but then you have some some places that are are trying to go away from tipping altogether um, to, mm. to kind of fight back against that. And I yeah, and I think that would create some kind of incentive for people to say, okay, well, since you're not asking for a tip, because you've given me really good service, I'm going to give you a tip, or just gives people incentive to come to your restaurant because there's times where Tyra and I, you know, that's a real factor in when where we go and how we eat, where we're like, oh, yo, you know what? If we go you there, you end up going for shawarma instead of a sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're 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 less likely to go to a sit down, and I and I, you know, hopefully, you know, people will start doing that where they'll start really thinking like, hey, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not up for giving an extra ten bucks, fifteen bucks on my meal, when we could have used that to, uh, you know, buy a dessert on our way home from, you know, wherever, some little coffee shop or something. Do you ever do you ever notice that like? You know, some of the, let's call them in between a fast food and a sit down. You know, there's one in mind in particular. I don't want to throw them under the bus where 
as you're paying, there's even an option to tip, and you're like, but you're not even serving me. But a lot of you're places just, are like that, yeah. Right? Like, and, and it seems like that's more common where where that option to tip, I have to, like, per, intent, those ones I'm like, I have no love lost to be like, nope, nope, nope. Well, you know. again, again, like, you know, we like even not just waitresses, but I think just looking at tipping in general. Like, I mean, um, I tip my barber, but now that I'm <laughs> after this episode, I think I'm going to stop tipping my barber. Well, hopefully she's not listening. <laughs> just listen to the show. But I, I think I'm going to stop tipping her because the only reason why I tip, well, part of it is out of guilt but more so you know when i when i leave the barbershop you know i'm feeling like you know i've been raised from the dead i'm feeling you know Fresh. i yeah i went like i went from dud to stud right from geek to chic <laughs> and so i i i give her base i give her a, a tip because i i feel like i look great but even then technically it's your job to make me look great you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like- see, I would say, um, you know, though the the scenario like that with respect to like, let's say a personalized service, right? So whether it's like, I don't know, I think of like massage, pedicure, getting your nails what, done, like, yeah, what, all that kind of, you know, spectrum, hair, everything, right? Where, where you're having a personalized service, um, generally speaking, unless you're dealing with the owner themselves, you know, let's say whatever you paid that person, probably half of it goes to the establishment. Whereas if you if tip, they report it. Well, no, but I mean like usually, you know, the tip you give to them and, and you pay the rest to the, you know, to the front cash is kind of, I mean, maybe that's not necessarily the way it happens. But the idea being, you know, whatever that posted price is, potentially 50%, 60%, whatever the number is, will be going to the, to the establishment. Um, you know, so to some extent, I kind of see like, okay, but, you know, I, I really like the service I got. You know, I thought they went above and beyond, right? Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure you can think of how many barbers where you're like, ah, uh, this sucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Right? And so now you're in a dilemma to be like, well, I'm not paying you at all. They still did something. You know, it's like, just think about like, you know, whether they do that little bit of extra along, you know, you know you're, you're to to line you up across the forehead or whatever it is, right? That like you can tell the difference between the guy who's just doing it to do it and the guy who's like, okay, I want to I want to make you fresh. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I would challenge you to say, you know, in those cases, I would argue you have a better justification for tipping than in in the restaurant scenario. Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. Because if if that's the case, like if it's I'm tipping you because you're getting my dinner, I can get my own damn dinner. You know, what I mean? I'm like, hey, yo, Tony, man, put some extra gravy on that joint. Yeah, and and well, like, you went to the restaurant. The whole reason I'm there is because I'm paying someone else to do the work for me. You know, and and that's where I would say, you know, I agree with to some extent where like the concept of tipping when you did your job, not you went above and beyond, not you did something extra special that I want to show appreciation for, but you literally did your job. And so I'm supposed to tip you. I, I I actually can agree with that statement, or I can I can see where it's got merit. Now, now there's another side to that argument of why I tip, because, like I said, I'm I'm a Tyra and I are big foodie people, and so we really appreciate good food. 
And so mm-hmm. the, you know, it's kudos to the chef, right? So for places that um, split the tips and make sure it goes back to the chef, I don't mind tipping in that sense. Um, but yeah, so, the, but the food has to be exceptional um, for me to, um, you know, want to give uh, to the chef, you know what I mean? And, and, and in a sense, that's where my tip, I kind of picture my tip going uh, to the chef. True. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, and I thought about that too, actually. You know, how much that idea of like tip sharing, like I know I've heard about it before where like, you know, the family member I know of like somewhat related but different is on, on their busiest day, they have um, extra staff to, to seat people. Um, and so they would all have to like tip out. They call it tipping out. Basically, they all contribute five bucks to that guy who's seating everybody. Right, um, right, and every the and concierge, yeah. you know, but but basically they get their tips, but reg- regardless, they have to pay five bucks or whatever, right? So, but in general, this idea of tip sharing or you know whether everybody pools their tips and they pay it out later, you know, I yeah. think some of the dilemma becomes, you know, those who you know go back to the idea of of um if if tipping actually was more of a meritocracy where based on those who are better servers will get better tips um you're, you're kind of diminishing that ability to be like you lose the incentive now to work potentially to work hard again this goes back to like what's the real objective of of tips um well what's the well, well what's the history of tips um right so on the ted talk he was saying that back in the 18th century noblemen you know after playing their uh <laughs> polo or whatever the case may be when they would hit the road to get proper service at whatever bar they stopped at, they would pay a little extra. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, now, in some cases, there are, you know, context is key. So, like in Utah, where uh, minimum wage or the wage for a waiter is $2 an hour, um, they're more so more dependent on the tips. But for mm-hmm. Canadians, that's not the case because our minimum wage is pretty high factor in the tips that they get and the math they were working out was that you know some waiters are making $30 an hour which is the same as a nurse in order to become a nurse you know you got to go to college and pay a hefty fee to become a waitress uh, you just got to pass grade 8 yeah and I mean uh, like to you know but I would say the the not everybody could be a waitress uh, right, no, it's a different no, skill. No, no, you're right. right? You're right because I, I I thought about that once, and I don't have the coordination. I didn't have the coordination back then to do it um, when I worked at Swish LA, so I had to be in the dish pit. But, but generally, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, and, and I just you know because to some extent, what you're saying kind of falls in line with that cost theory of value. Oh, they spent so much to acquire these skills. Why are we you know paying this versus this? And and per, unfortunately. I would almost argue those aren't comparables. What's comparable are is like in the context of the work they do, how much does the customer value it? I can I, and to just kind of bring the point around this is totally unrelated but it's there's this paradox in ec, in economics. It's not really a paradox cuz it's explainable, but it's the it's called the water diamond paradox, right? When we consider water to be so valuable, i.e. we need it for sustaining life 
versus diamonds, which we don't need at all. Why is the price of diamonds so high and the, the price of, of water so low? Um, and it has to do with the idea of marginal cost. And, and generally speaking, when I have water, one more unit of water is not that valuable. Mm-hmm. But in general, because of the restricted supply of diamonds, which is a different podcast, um, diamonds, the marginal value becomes really high because they're not widely available. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now, next, let's talk about how tips promote discrimination. And so in the car- article, it said that a group of middle-aged women generally uh, don't tip well. A group of young men from Bay Street generally do a french tourist generally doesn't tip a texan tourist does Uh, servers quickly learn the demographic of tipping and one of the hidden consequences of tipping is that it leads to clandestine discrimination among wait staff yeah in essence you know you're you're gonna give better service to those you expect to get a better tip from yeah and it said here in a in 2008 study by Michael Lynn even found that in the United States, black servers were generally tipped less than white servers, even when they were being tipped by black clientele. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Which, like, you know, you know but, uh, and uh, like, the, the question I would have is, are we comparing apples to apples? So what do you mean? Like whites to blacks? What do you mean? What are you talking no, about? No, like uh, quality of service, right? right. Like I, again, I'm I'm just you know I'm purely like I, well, I hold on, hold on, wait, study, well, so. wait, hold on. Sorry, are you talking about in regards to the tipping or why black waiters so, don't get tipped let's as much say, as white? Um, no, again, I'm just saying the question I would have as soon as I read this study, are the the question of apples to apples would say okay. Is there also a parallel study or, a, or, or in line with that study, a service, like let's call it an independent service evaluation. So let's say you surveyed store owners or, or restaurant owners and said, you know, when you look at the, the quality of service from your black servers and white servers, do you find a difference or do you find that the quality is the same? Right, but I I don't think I don't I don't think that's what the article was getting at. I think it was just agreed. More so, agreed. I know, but no, 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 speaking no. to the manipulation of stats potentially. Yeah, no, to but, prove the point the article's already making. Yeah, but, but I, I don't I don't think that that was the point it was making. I think like so. I, there's a part in the article that says uh, the much more influential drivers of tip amounts are factors such as the attractiveness of a server or what tip amount the patron is accustomed to paying. This is supported by Canadian data, a 2016 poll by the Angus Reid Institute. And so mm-hmm. the key thing in, the, in this statement is the attractiveness of the waiter or waitress. Right. So <laughs> if we're, well, and then, I mean, again, you know, so again, like this would be an example, like, okay, so how do you incorporate that into the study? Right. Um, okay. I could incorporate this into this particular study by saying, you know, did were were black servers and white servers? Did, what was the qual? What was their appearance quality? How is that average rated? Uh, well, well, not so much appearance. Well, okay, well, I no, I but my point is but, because okay, like, no, stop, could, stop, stop. Okay, I don't want to put you in the hot seat. I don't, I don't want to put you in the hot seat. But let's just be honest here, okay? 
let's say the girl's real cute. Right? Okay. All right. The waitress is cute. And you want to bless her with a tip drill. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, as, as, opposed somebody... to, as opposed to somebody like Sister Janice. Um, yeah, yeah. Whatever the case um, may be. Well, but I would say to you, okay, yes, appearance plays a role. But, like, if I have, let's call it a hot waitress who is like a complete dummy, I don't care how hot she is. Right. Like, I'm not going to give you a good tip because you're hot. I'm if unless if you unless get, you're trying to get a number and make a move. Well, but that's but. a different conversation. Yeah, that, yeah, that's and I'm married, so it's not even part of the conversation. Um but Sorry, but what I'm Jenna. trying to get at, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she knows we're good. Um the, the the part I'm trying to get at though is like let's like how much does that contribute right again, go to statistics. Let's control for all variables. Yeah. So, yeah. when the quality of service is the same and I have a difference in hotness, how much does that play a factor? And that, and you know, I don't want the listener to misinterpret what I was saying when I was being critical of that study. Cause I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to say, did the study account for these things? Because yeah. if you started to say, Oh, the appearance of, you know, black servers was considered lower. The question then becomes, how do you objectively evaluate? Is that because of, um, you know, racism? Is it because of... No, so I don't want to say it's racism. You just, no, you, no, you but, just don't have a thing for black guys. That's all. Well, or no, black women. Well, like, but, but my point being, and that's where, like, I mean, you talked about it, right? Like, you are you discriminate in terms of your... what, what Oh, yeah, no, no, I didn't say like. discriminate. I said I'm a racist. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, I like the word discriminate because we use it properly. But anyways, yes, you're, <laughs> apparently you're a racist. I'm a racist. Um, you're, a pro, you're a pro-female black racist. Um... <laughs> Is that right? Anyways, yeah. I'm pro but black the, women, the point, so I'm a racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know the the point I'm trying to get at is that you know just with this study is that it's so easy to like start to position the data in a way that like yeah makes okay. it con- contribute to okay, your narrative. That's fine. that's fine. Without without necessarily actually proving what they say it's proving. okay. Okay, well, we'll flip the argument. So, okay, so let's okay. let's just flip the the other coin, the, the other side of the coin. Um, discriminating as a waiter, the waiters discriminating against the clientele, customers, the customers. So, right, and and I think this makes sense because when you look at the economy of a restaurant, you have the um, server or the person who um, who seats you, and or the hostess, right? And the hostess kind of says, "Okay, I see you. I'm going to put you over here. I'll put you over there." And if you're a waitress and you're good with the hostess or waiter. And now the hostess is always sending um, the white guys from Bay Street to your section versus the family, um, the white family with five kids. And they're all making noise. And, you know, the, you know, the, the father's shoes aren't on point. They're from Payless or whatever the case may be. You know, you're already judging him from the, <laughs> from when he comes in. Um Right, you're you're saying to your host, you're like, hey, 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 you know, hook me up, man. Let me, let me get those guys because every time those guys come, they always, you know, leave leave a nice tip, um, and you're more inclined to treat those guys from Bay Street a little better than um, the, the the family of five, because no matter how nice you treat that family of five, um, they can't tip you for what you deserve to be tipped. Um, you can see the discrimination happening with waiters. Um, and the hostesses, when the people come in and you're treating certain people a kind of way, um, you know, certain demographics, and it's true. And, and there's certain demographics of people 
that tip well and those who don't. And we're not going to mm-hmm. we're not going to say, OK, everybody tips equally and and, you know, everybody should be treated equally. Well, no, like if I'm a, if I'm a waiter, um, yeah, there's certain people I'm not going to um, want at my table. So I'm not going to want. Um, well, I know my people and when I mean my people, I mean my family. I'm not talking about black people as a whole, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to serve my family. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? So if I see people, if I see people coming and looking like my family, like my auntie, my uncle, my grandpa, my cousins, I like nah, I don't even want those people. I'm like yo, like those are not my people. Like yo, you take my family, bro. You take. No, we're no, fighting right now. No, but, I don't want them. No, but I'm saying that, that that's why that's why I'm saying I wouldn't take black people that look like my people, like my family, because I I go out with my family and I see how how they move. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I got to discriminate to get my paper right. Like, it is what it is, right? <laughs> well, and, and, you know, the one thing, this is a bit of a, a sidestep, right? Like, I think there's also the, the like, we haven't really given justice to, like, the pro-tipping argument. Because, like, I would say, you know, I think of, I, I know my aunt worked at a restaurant for a long time. She doesn't work there anymore. But, but you would have regulars who would ask to be at your table. Okay, so Joel, so what's your two cents? Um, I think that uh, I my my two cents on the whole tipping issue is that it's a really it's a complex problem that the restaurant industry, in essence, needs to solve because um, you know as this guy lays out, there is a really good um, or good is not the right word. There's a there's a really big problem with the incentive structure and how it's it's skewed the industry in a way that really sh- I would say chefs are the the catalyst for success. Servers, if anything, are more of a potential for the you know ball to be dropped as opposed to actually creating success. Now, you know, individual. We already talked about this value creation. This guy in the TED talk said they they're about equal. But if you want to change that incentive structure, turn that around to the scenario I talked about with someone who's been a server at the same restaurant for a number of years. They got their regular clients. You know, the tipping concept would say, well, they don't get rewarded for those extra clients unless, you know, the manager gives them more money. So, you know, if you want to say, well, you're giving more control to the employee because they get money directly from the customer. So I think there's there's an aspect where one you can't shift the culture instantaneously in Canada it's not like we can outlaw i mean i guess the government could try and outlaw tipping but that's a whole different ball game um but all that's to say that there is an issue here and uh, to be honest i don't see the solution but i think if you if an entrepreneur can really um understand the dilemma here and and find a way to create a solution they're going to strive in our in in Canada because they're going to be able to attract the best cooks uh, as well as, you know, keep good servers while figuring out how do you solve this, uh, let's call it, you know, value uh, dispersion that doesn't equate to the the wage dispersion. Mm-hmm. Now, what about you, Darnell? What's your two cents? Uh, what have you learned or, or what do you think the audience really needs to take away from from what we've learned here? Uh, well, I think, I think, well, if you're a restaurant owner, I think that getting rid of tips might be 
the right way to go um, because it creates a certain incentive for patrons to attend uh, their their institution and spend more uh, because they won't be penalized for that um, and also gives your waiters incentives or incentive for good customer service so that they're actually earning their tips and they can hang their head on that because like I said you know for Tyra and I it, it doesn't it definitely plays a major factor in uh, where we go to eat and then also like looking at it as in the social norm like tipping is a symbol of how we think as Canadians uh, compared to people around the world and how they approach it and I find it very fascinating because it almost seems like you know um we reward people for doing nothing. Like we're just nice for being nice sake. And for me personally, I don't really, I'm, I'm a, I'm a rebel at heart. I don't like traditions that don't have any roots in practicality, logic, and truth where, where these traditions are just relative. And I don't like being made feel guilty to go along with the crowd for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans eight, one. Come on, man, to not tip, it's not a sin. And now you're making me feel guilty. And, I, and that's happened where I, I think I, it's either I didn't tip or it was a little, it was a, it was a little tip. It was in Montreal, which is known for their, um, their restaurants and their food is really good. And yo, the girl kind of like, you know, told me off right then and there. She, you know, I handed her the device and she looked at it and she's like, oh, well, you know, when you come to Montreal, you know, this is what you do. This is standard. This is how we do it. Um, you know, disrespect me in front of my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I, you know, Tyra was just like, well, you know, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't appropriate on her end. Um, and I say all that to say that, you know, going forward, um, I'm definitely going to be challenging my waiters from now on and let them know, like, hey, look, I want to I, I want to bless you. I want to give you 15, 18, 20. What are you going to do for me for me to give you that? Let me know. Because if you're not going to do anything, then, you know, don't don't try to flex on me when I don't give you a tip. Right. And it's and, and that's very important that we're not doing things out of guilt. And, that, and, and that's a biblical thing. You know, we're not just, you know, being kind to people out of guilt, but we're doing it because we really want to bless them and we're really appreciative of their work. And I, and I say all that to say that um, we shouldn't give out of guilt, but out of gratitude. Hence the term gratuity. That's my two cents. Um, you know, you said something really interesting about how you're going to approach things going forward. About, you know, with your server. And, and what I like about what you're saying is talk, you're, you're communicating expectations. Or you're having a conversation about expectations. And I think uh, on an unrelated topic, but it's something that I think is prevalent in society, whether it's in a marriage, in a friendship, in a relationship, how many people get upset about unmet, uncommunicated expectations? And, and you know, you're talking about communicating expectations, but I, as you're telling me this, I'm like sitting there like kind of awkward, like, that's a really weird conversation to have, bro. <laughs> like going up to your waiter or waitress right before the meal starts and being like, okay, just so you know, here's how it is. <laughs> They're going to be like, what's up with that guy? 
Well, he listens so. to the Sixth Sense Report. That's what's up with him. <laughs> so if you have, <laughs> so we're gonna start a movement here on the Sixth Sense Report. Um, we're gonna start a hashtag. Uh, uh oh, right. Uh, no sip, no tip, and that basically means hook it up. Let me get a sample. Let me get a taste of something besides what I'm paying for. For the listeners, try it out. Mm-hmm. Try it out. And we'll do a follow-up episode. Try it out. Send us an email. Send us a voicemail. Let us know when you go <laughs> when you go to the restaurant. And off the bat, just say, hey, look, um, I want to bless you. All right? I want to bless you. I want to give you a tip. What do you have to do? What are you going to do for me for me to give you a tip? And put the ball in their court. So come on, Six Centers. 2020, no more peer pressure tipping. Let's get more for our tips. Yeah, and uh, let us know when it falls flat on its face or if it goes ex- successfully well. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but but well. see, I'm, I'm, what Six Cents Report is doing is saving you that extra $15, $10, $5, $6, $8. Right? For no reason. Right? No, well, no. You know, well, you're the accountant. That stuff adds up. Yeah. Well, right. no, my point is when there's a reason, you, you spend it. But yeah, you're yeah, saving yeah, yourself yeah, when there is yeah. no reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. So, so you know, Six Sense Report is all about saving that six cents. <laughs> right? Six cents makes change, bro. <laughs> all right. So um, let us know. You can find us at uh, Six Sense Report at Gmail. And you can hit us up on our Facebook. And you can find us, me, on Twitter and on Instagram as Do Good at Darnell, D O G U D D A underscore darnell and then darnell samuels on facebook and i'm t joel n 39 everywhere holla six cents makes change but not for your waiters (laughs) (laughs) but you heard me does that make sense